when something happens, uh, it's not always somebody's fault. You know what I'm saying? It's not always sin. And so that was their question. They immediately sought to assign blame. And their question alludes us to that. The disciples asked, Master, who sinned? So they saw this man in his blind state and they immediately assumed somebody did something wrong. We do that. Some, we hear a report about something and because we don't understand, you know, what's taking place, which a lot of things that God does, we don't understand. Um, and, and so in our own human nature, we have that because we, he, us humans, us people, <laughs> We, we like we have to know why why is this happening why you know what does this mean you know we, we we love answers we don't like things that are undone we don't like click we don't like cliffhangers we like to know oh this is happening because she did that because he did that because and when you look at things that's happening in the kingdom they're not always black and white sometimes things in the kingdom are gray right until God makes sense of it so sometimes there are just some things that you just have to say Lord I don't understand. Oh, I don't, you know, help my unbelief. Give me understanding. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives all to all men liberally and upbraideth not. So there are going to be some things that's going to happen in your life personally and things that's going to happen in the lives of those around you that you lack. the you, You're just going to lack understanding in it. And then, like I said, that our tendency as humans is to determine, oh, somebody, you know, somebody did something wrong. You know what I'm saying? And this was what baffled me. And this is what sort of helped me develop and frame this course, this class tonight, because I want us to look at this. I want us to examine some of where our thoughts are when we hear or when we experience things like this. But I also want you to look at how Jesus dealt with it. Okay. And I think it's going to be a valuable lesson for all of us. I know it was for me. And so here you have the disciples. And again, you're talking about people who had been in ministry. I'm not talking about those who ate the fishes and loaves, those who came to the beachfront revivals. I'm talking about men who had walked with Jesus, who were in ministry, who knew how to pray, who witnessed casting out devils, they still had the human um, tendency to seek to find blame when something happens that they don't understand. We do that. When we don't understand, we immediately begin to assign blame. Oh, this happened because that. Oh, I remember this happened. I rem and it's not always the case. So the disciples wanted to know, Master, who sinned? It never occurred to them that this blindness <clears throat> was not the result of sin. That never crossed their minds that nobody did anything wrong. It's almost as if we reason things that happen as a result of something bad somebody did. And that's not always the case. And so they're asking, Master, who sinned? Did he sin or did his parents sin? So they're looking now because the disciples, the ministers, the church folk, the saved people are trying to make sense out of why they're trying to explain this man's blindness. And they're trying to explain it based upon their own human understanding, the limits of our human understanding. And, and they missed it and we missed it like we always do. They wanted to assign blame. It had to be either this man or the parents. It's one of the two, right? According to the disciples, all of them were in, in, in collaboration in terms of this decision that somebody sinned, number one. We just need to figure out who sinned. And, and so the topic tonight is who's to blame. And so you're going to find things that you are going to go through in your personal life. People of God, some of you that I know personally who are listening, um, some of you that I don't know, uh, some of you who know me personally and some who don't. But you notice we all go through things. That's just that's just a circle of life. We're going to always go through something. Right. And, and so but on in many of those situations, you're going to go through things that you cannot figure out why for the life of me am I dealing with this right now why and listen if you're like me I, I'm I'm seems like I'm constantly asking the Lord why why this why right now God like and I don't know if I had a better time to choose it you know what I'm saying it's not even up to me to choose it but you find yourself asking Lord why this why right now and so we don't always have the answers to that. And when we don't have the answers, we're trying to find it. And we're trying to use, listen, that same mindset that we've always used before. Well, this went wrong. Certainly somebody is to blame. Somebody messed up. That's not always the case. The disciples asked again, and I'm saying this because I want to beat this into your brain. The disciples, these were ministers. These were apostles. They are trained 
men. These are not somebody, again, that are, these are not babes. These are trained men who sat under the tutelage of the Lord Jesus Christ. When they found somebody going through something that they could not understand, they immediately assigned that person's uh, a negative situation to a sin. And it's just a matter of who did it. Because we know it's got to be sin, right? It's got to be sin. So either you did it or your mom and your dad did it. It's one of the two. <coughs> we look at verse 3. And we find that Jesus responds. Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned or his parents, but it is the works of God that should be manifest, made manifest in him. Jesus blew everybody's mind. Like, could nobody understand that this man has been blind from his mother's womb, blind from birth, and you mean to tell me it's nobody's fault? Like, I'm going through this right now in my life, in my health, with my children, with my job, with my relationship, with my career, or my friend is going through this, and it's not a devil? Because we, we do that. We immediately, we have to assign something. Well, it's got to be an attack on my finances. It just has to be. It has to be the devil attacking my, my marriage or the devil attacking my church. It just has to be. We, we, we've got to learn, and I taught this, I think last night I was talking about and I don't know because I, I talk to a lot of people. I, I don't know what the topic of the thing was. But I, I was talking about how we've got to get delivered from these old wineskin, stale, cemented, rigid thought processes. It is so, so hurtful and harmful. And the reason why I, I included this in the School of Human Relationships is because it's situations like this right here that has been the catalyst and has been the cause and has been the toxin and the poison that has destroyed a lot of relationships. Because when people go through things and we don't understand it, we immediately step in and we've got the answer. And most times we have not taken the time to seek the Lord as the disciple. At least they asked. You know what I'm saying? Even though they question was it was a leading question, but at least they asked the question, Lord, is it sin from the mom or sin uh, from the parents or sin from the guy? It was a leading question, but at least they stopped and asked the question. But many of us, instead of taking time to say, wow, my sister's really going through something. My brother is really going through something. Lord, what's, you know, not that it's always your business, but if you care about them, you know, you strong bear the infirmities of the weak and we are brother's keeper. Then you want to say, Lord, you know, I don't understand why sister so-and-so is going through this. Oh, our brother so-and-so is going through this father. Can you, Lord, show me, you know, show me what's going on. You know, so I can pray or so that I can be of support or I can, you know, help lend a helping hand or what have you. We don't always do that. We do like what the disciples did here is we assume that somebody sinned and we just need to figure out who did it. You know what I'm saying? And so we put on our magnifying glasses, uh, the magnifying glass. We put on our captain, um, our pink panther jacket and, and coke, and we're ready to solve this mystery. <laughs> Hadn't stopped and sought the Lord first cousin, like my mom used to say. Hadn't asked God nothing. We immediately assume, oh, somebody messed up. You know what I'm saying? And and again, this is this has been this causes a lot of arguments over the kitchen table. This causes a lot of families to not want to be a part of the, the family gatherings because when people are going through things, which we all do, find I was telling my daughter today, find me a family who's not going through it and I'll show you a liar. Everybody's going through something. I don't care what the something is. Everybody's going through something. So can't nobody look their nose down and point at anybody. Right? Even the Bible said, listen, consider yourselves. When the Bible said, when our brother's taking the fault, you with your spiritual restore such one in the spirit of meekness. Right? Why? Considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. And so again, that religious, rigid, cemented, whited, sepulcher, dead man bones mindset will have you. You've got to fit that thing in. You've got to figure this thing out. Well, it certainly has to be somebody who's sitting here. I mean, no, there's no way in the world somebody can be born blind. Like, who does that? So either the, the boy messed up, which I don't know how he could mess up if he was born blind. But anyway, you know, or the parents, they must have been fighting when they conceived the child or old boy was cheating. or Old girl was cheating or somebody, you know, I mean, you would be amazed. And I, I'm just framing that around this scripture. But imagine some of the conversations that you have had because you had them. Okay. And, oh, well, that's happening because so-and-so-and-so. Or, I, I, you know, this is taking place because... And 99 times out of 100, we've missed the whole ball and the park. We missed it. And so Jesus came and, comes and he says, it's nobody's fault. Believe it. Can, can you believe it? Can you believe it? It's nobody's fault that this boy was born blind. It happened. 
Now, God didn't cause it. Let me just say that, and I'll repeat that a little bit. God didn't cause it. Neither does God cause any bad thing that happened, but bad things can happen to good people. And I know we are we serve a good God and we're covered under the blood and we all quote Psalms 91 and all of that. But let me tell you, you know, we live in a fallen world among fallen people. And, and so, you know, things can happen. Things can happen. And we don't always understand it. We just don't. Right. But understand that Bad things can happen to good people. It doesn't mean that God caused it. But what he will do is he'll, he can, I'm not going to say because he doesn't use it all the time, but he, he can use some of these things for his glory. And that's what Jesus is saying here. It's not sin that causes man to be born blind. It's not sin from the man. It's not sin from the parents. It is all for the glory of God. In other words, God didn't cause the man to sin. Could have been something happening in the, in the DNA, something happening in the womb. We don't know, right? Things can happen in the womb that God didn't have no control, just pure science or chemistry. We don't know, but God said, you know what? Uh, I'll use that for my glory though. I didn't cause it, but I use it for my glory. And so what, what we, what we are learning as we mature and grow, it's those of you who are ministers and leaders and so forth, or just heads of your families is that there will be sometimes things take place in relationships, your family relationships or whatever your dynamic uh, relationship is that you can't understand. And so what I hope to do tonight is draw you away from making the automatic assumption that because something has happened, somebody did something wrong or it's a devil or, you know, you know, it's karma or because we, we that's trending right now. That's not always the case. Sometimes things happen that had nothing to do with the devil and had nothing to do with what somebody did, but it happened. Life happened. But God wants an opportunity to step in and get glory out of it. Let's go a little bit further. So I hope I kind of laid that foundation for you really good. So I remember as I was saying that, many, you know, the disciples, the ministers, okay, because I'm going to put that out there. These are not just people who should know. You should know better. You should know better. The disciples, the apostles should have known that sin doesn't cause everything or everything is not caused by sin. But they didn't know that. And so sometimes even us, we, this is why we used to continue to, to, to study the word of God and surround ourselves by good, you know, anointed teachers so we can grow in, in this understanding of things. Sin is not the cause of everything. Okay. Even though it may look like it, sin is not the cause of everything. A demonic attack is not the cause of everything. Something is happening. And I often use this. Uh, I'll give you an example. Years ago, years ago. Um, I was ministering deliverance, right? And uh, right before the, de the, the deliverance, this lady uh, was coming. She came to me for counsel. And she kept saying, she said, I don't understand what's going on with my money. My money is up under attack. It, you know, and she was making good money. I mean, this lady, man, she, man, God really blessed her with prosperity. Like, she didn't even have to work hard to make a lot of money. She truly had a gift of, of um, industry and wealth. But the thing about it was, even though she made all of this money, she didn't have anything to show for it. Like at the end of the week or the end of the, because she would sometimes get money daily, but like at the end of the week or whatnot, it, she couldn't, she just couldn't understand why she couldn't make ends meet. And so I said, okay, well, let's pray about it and let's just see what the Lord reveals. And so one night we were having a deliverance service and um, she came up for prayer. And of course I remembered, yeah, she, you know, was asking, you know, for counsel or, you know, some prayer on money, whatnot. And so I went to lay hands on her to come against the spirit of, of, of lack and the spirit of trying to remember now, spirit of um not enough and spirit of the sifted the um sifting pocket or leaky leaky pocket. That's what it was. Come against the spirit of the leaky pocket. And let me tell you something. As I was laying hands on this woman, uh her throat swole up. Like, and if any of you know deliverance, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you've seen them in the movies. And her throat swole up. And as her throat was swelling, I noticed this necklace was choking her. And so I'm telling, the, you know, the helpers, I'm like, hey, undo, undo the necklace because I'm noticing as her throat is swelling that this, this necklace is choking this woman. And so, you know, I'm coming against, you know, spirits in her throat. Come on out. Come on out. Don't choke her and all of this stuff. And so finally, I mean, they could not get because the necklace had like this little tiny little clasp on it or whatever. And so finally I was able to reach and sort of grab the, the necklace and I noticed the, um, the charm. The charm on her necklace was a dice, like, you know, rolling dice. Come to find out this woman was a heavy gambler. <laughs> she was a gambler, right? And so the gambling opened the doors to leaky pockets. You're right. 
And, and so because she was, you know, God blessed her with the money, of course, to do what she needed to do it. But she was, excuse me, <coughs> the spirit, she gave the spirit legal right. I mean, she was wearing this thing around her neck for one thing, but she was, she was an addict. She was a, what do you call it? A gambling, a gambler or whatever, whatever you call it. And so I'm like, oh, this thing, no one is fighting. This thing has a legal right. So long story short, I know this is not a deliverance thing, but long story short, I just kind of just piped that devil down because at that point, this was a deeper conversation and you'll find this. And this is kind of a, a rabbit trail for some of you who are ministering to people. Folks will come to you and say, pray for me. I'm going through this. Pray for me. I'm going through warfare. Pray for me. And then when you, when, when the Lord actually start revealing what the thing is, it's almost like, you're like Jeremiah, like, hold on, wait a minute. We need to talk about this. We can't, we can't pray about this. We need to talk about it. And so, because you, you, you are opening the door right for this attack against your money this ain't the devil just came and attacked my money it's i open the door and as a result the enemy is attacking my money so that's different and i just wanted to point that out because that can happen same thing if you eat bacon every day i use this example a couple of weeks ago in church you eat bacon every day you already know you battle high blood pressure so you can't attack the devil you know for high blood pressure i come against high blood pressure but you eat bacon every day so again there that attack is there because you open the door and and you get the enemy license to attack you but in this case with this blind man the jesus said no one did anything wrong no one did anything wrong it is all for the glory of god and so when you are ministering to people or counseling people or even praying for people and this is why ministers i hope you're listening the Bible says, you know, lay hands suddenly on no man, lest you be a partake of a man's sin. Because there are times people will inbox you or message you, pray for me, pray for me. And again, you don't know the whole counsel. You know, and, and many of us, and I, I feel God on this, you know, many of us jump in and you put your hands in situations and the person didn't give you the whole counsel. Right? Like I said with the young lady who was a gambler, all she told me was, I'm making good money. I don't understand why my, I can't make, meet my ends. Come to find out, the devil told it on her, right? When this thing was swelling up in her neck and about to choke her. <laughs> so even she, and then it was after it was after that that we had a conversation. I'm like, okay, so tell me about this dice and tell me about, oh, yeah, you know, I do this, I do that. I'm like, okay, so then you need to stop doing that. That ain't even a devil. That, that's, <laughs> that's the fruit of your, that's, that's you, right? And the enemy is partnering with that. Because you opened the door and you allowed him to, to, you know what I'm saying, to sift your money. So this ain't no devil just attack you. You brought him in the house. I mean, like you left the windows up and the door open and you left the keys in the car. <laughs> right. So, again, I say to you ministers, you know, be very mindful when, you know, folk are coming to you for prayer. Uh, because it, And to not just immediately jump and lay hands because these could be some other matters. Uh, and I can, man, I could go deep, but I'm not talking about prayer tonight. But. I, let me just say this, I'm here. There could be matters, there could be some serious, there could be some judgment matters. There could be someone that's sort of like, let me give an example of Jonah. And I know I'm off, off topic for a minute, but somebody needs to hear this. But you think about Jonah. Let's just say Jonah jumped off the boat and ran into somebody's church. And they're having a good high time revival. The, the, the prophet is prophesying. The apostle was apostolizing. And the preachers is preaching. Everybody's doing their thing, right? And let's just say Jonah jumps out the boat and runs to the, the church and say, hey, pray for me. You know, I was on the boat. It fell over. I mean, <laughs> I mean, y'all know his story. You know, nothing good. Nothing good is have everything I touch it crumbles like I got something is attacking me right now Jonah knows all too well the reason why things aren't working out for him is because he's not doing what God told him to but he don't tell you that because he's seeking relief and so here you have the prophet and everybody feeling sorry for him and they're laying hands not bind the devil and devil come and loose Jonah and let Jonah leave his business alone and leave his friends alone and and you're you're in in that situation you put yourself in, in in the fire with Jonah, you put yourself between Jonah and the wrath of God, and that's a. I don't listen. I'm gonna tell you there are a lot of places on earth that I don't want to be, but that's that. I just I don't want those problems. I got enough stuff. I don't need extra. I don't need nothing extra for real. And so this is why. And I, I often even tell my church, you know, there's some things we don't bring to the altar. I say, and they're like, huh. Some things are not prayerable. Some things you got to go back and work out your own soul salvation. Jonah, brother Jonah, I cannot pray for you, brother. You need to go back down to wherever God met you. <laughs> you need to tell God you're sorry. And you need to get your behind back on that boat and go to uh, Nineveh. And you need to preach like you done lost your mind. Right? Don't you, matter of fact, don't come back here. Because whatever you got, listen, whatever is on you, we don't want it. 
Like, the, the, the way that God is dealing with you, we don't want that, Jonah. We're not interested. Okay? So you, you have to be very careful and very mindful about jumping into these types of um, situations and praying for people when um, you don't know, you really don't know. And they're only people, listen, some folk, they're not going to tell you all of that stuff. They're not going to tell you that they don't slept with somebody's husband. And now, uh, I wonder why trouble, well, have you went back? Do you try to fix that home you broke up? Did you try to go fix that relationship with that church you broke up? Did you try to go and repent to that boss and you left the job and stole his car? I mean, come on now. God is not mocked. And so, again, sometimes we have things that are following us and we want to blame the devil and it's not. So I went around the mulberry bush, but y'all get what I'm saying. So, yes, there are things that, that, that sin can cause problems. There are attacks that can cause problems, right? But in this situation, it was the glory of God. The reason why God allowed, hear me carefully, allowed this man to be born blind. He didn't cause it, but he allowed it because God knew that he was going to get glory out of this man's life. Now, let me talk about that for a minute. There are some people who God can trust to go through without complaining and fighting and backsliding every year. There are some people that God can trust to do that. Abraham was one of those people. Um, Ruth was one of those people. Uh, uh, who, who else? Gosh, who else? Uh, Isaac was, you know, uh, not Isaac. Jacob was one of those people. There are people that can go through things and you wouldn't know it. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're suffering. They're going through for righteousness sake because they realize that, that, that there's a greater glory being wrought in them. They're going through, you know, like the Bible said, Jesus learned obedience by his suffering. They're going through and, and yes, God is bringing them, you know, he's carrying them and it's a hard trial, but God is getting glory out of it. There are people God can trust to go through some things. And so we'll look at folks like, man, every time I turn around, she going through something. Every time I turn around, he going through something. But guess what? It's those people like that are the ones you need to watch because those are the ones that God can trust. There are some people God wouldn't send them to the mailbox. I'm just saying you're talking about going to the nations and I'm like, God can't even get you to go to the front door without somebody saying something to you and you and your feelings and we don't see you for a year. So there are some people who have such faith and such tenacity in God's ability to bring them out and to deliver them that they will go through and you wouldn't know it unless they tell you. Even Jesus said, he said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you, right? And so there are some people who, who are going through for the glory of God. And so, so again, when we say who's to blame, this is why we have to be very careful about how we put mouths on people's situations, how we put our tongues on people's situations, how we put our hands on people's situations, because there are some people that are suffering for the glory of God. And, and, and their test, listen, your test is, is my God, what's the word I want to say? Your test or your trial is proving or is, is, is manifesting your measure of faith. Like I said, there's some people God can only trust them to the front door and back. That's it. That if they, they can't go through no more, my goodness, they can't go through no more than 10 minutes. They can't take it. They pass out. And he's like the babes in Christ. Oh, I can't take it. Somebody looked at me, somebody. And, and I just, I can't take it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and you're like, wow, praise God. It's going to take them a minute to, de to develop and grow to where you can really go through some things. You know, you, 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 you stub your toe and, and that's it. I just, I can't serve God today because I don't hit my toe. I just can't do it. Again, your trial, and I often tell my church, <clears throat> your trial will tell your spiritual, will tell your spiritual age. Tell me what you're going through and I can tell you how old you are. And I don't mean in chronological age. I'm talking about in, 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 in the realm of the spirit. We can tell how old you are or how mature you are by virtue of what you're going through. Okay? So there are times that there are those who are going through for the glory of God. Nobody did nothing wrong. And I know that that's hard to understand sometimes. What? You mean nobody did nothing wrong? Nobody did nothing wrong. But they life is toe up. Nobody did nothing wrong. But they just always going through, but they didn't sin. But it just seemed like they just, the devil's not, it's, just don't even have nothing to do with the devil, right? It's all for the glory of God. So this blindness, I'm trying to move on now, was not caused by sin, but for God's glory. So I want to kind of pull, up, uh, pull out a word that was used in John chapter 9, verse 3, when Jesus said it was for the works of God. That works is in the word Greek, um, the word ergon in the Greek, and it means 
employment, accomplishment, deed, and labor. In other words, here's what God is doing in this man's life and in your life and in my life and many others who are going through for righteousness sake. Now, again, this is not the one who did do some crazy stuff and you're suffering, right? You're being buffeted for your faults. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about the one that's being attacked by the enemy for something you did or you got out of grace or whatever. I'm not talking about you, <laughs> but I'm talking about the ones who are going through for righteousness sake. The ones that God is allowing you to go through some stuff. You are suffering for righteousness sake. You are suffering for the glory of God. The Lord Jesus said, if you listen, if you want to reign with me, you got to suffer. And the people of God just don't. Listen, nobody wants to suffer. I know I don't. I hate going through suffering, but it is a part of this maturing process. It is a part of the manifestation of God's glory. How are people going to know that God can deliver and heal unless he has no, without a testator, there's no testimony. Without no test, there's no testator. Right? So there has to be somebody who can stand up and go through a test so they can have a testimony and be a testator for somebody else. So somebody has to go through that. Now, so again, the word ergon in the Greek is the word employment. Employment means accomplishment. I mean, employment, accomplishment, deed and labor. So what God is doing now in this blind man's life. Okay. And, and just like us, we have these situations we're blinded in. You're not me. You're not a blind man. But in this situation, you're blinded. Like, I don't know why I'm going through this. It is a blind man situation. Like, I, I don't understand why this keeps happening to me. I don't understand. I just came out of a trial. I don't understand why I'm going through it. I'm blinded. This is a blind man situation. I don't understand why I'm going through it. All I know is God is going to get glory. That's all I know. And sometimes that's all you need to know. You don't know how you're going to come out of it. You don't know when you're going to come out of it. All you know by faith is God's going to bring me out. Because I've been here before. I've been in this situation before. I've had this kind of pressure before. So I know by virtue of my testimony, God is going to bring me out. And so God, he, he's using, God is employing himself. In other words, that situation puts God to work. You, you often hear people say, you know, let's release the angels, give the angels an assignment. Well, that word ergon, when he, the Bible says it manifests the works of God. In other words, it gives the angels an assignment. It gives heaven an employment. Okay. It, and then in the finished work of that is the accomplishment that takes place, the glory of God that takes place, the deed in other words, now you've got something to testify about. And later on, you find he testifies about it. And the labor, there's a work that God, listen, when you're going through something like this, the it's the works of God. God does the healing. God does the deliverance. God does the restoration. Your job is to go through it and believe God. The work, again, it's the works of God. He does the work. The blind man looked for Jesus. He had to believe God all the years of his life that one day he was going to be healed. His faith made him whole. He found Jesus. He brought his blind situation to Jesus. And at that point, when he took it to Jesus, it now became Jesus's responsibility. Jesus had, listen, he employed Jesus, right? Jesus had to exert the labor. And, and I think you, he gave him mud. And, 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 and so he put Jesus to work. So when you're going through situations like this is why you don't want to touch stuff like this, y'all. You don't touch people's situations because God is working. God has is, is got mud in his hands the same way from the very beginning when he began to form and create the earth, right? He had mud in his hands when he created Adam. The Bible said he formed him from the dust. He had mud. And so he still worked because this is a messy situation. This is a mess, literally, right? Your blind man situation, your blind situation is a mess. And so God is forming it the same way he did from the very beginning. He's forming it. He's shaping it. He's making it good for you. You, your situation, your faith has put God to work. That blind man put Jesus to work. That's what the works of God means. Another translation says that the power of God may be manifest. And the power is another word for glory, which is Greek for doxa, which is a word that means awesomeness, brilliance, and splendor. Right? So that means that the blind man is going to be able to see. He'll see the split, the, the splendidness is, if that's the word, the splendor, I guess, is being able to see, being able to rejoice and praise God. So these are situations you don't touch. So when we say who's to blame, understand there may not be a person to blame. It may be a situation that God is looking for you to put your faith in action to put him to work. God wants to work. God does, unlike some of us, God likes to work right he God is always moving we hear people say God the devil's busy but God is busier 
you know, God is always on the move. He loves to work. That's why, the, listen, the first thing we know about the Lord is he worked for six days straight. And then he took some time off, right? And he's been working 42 generations, making sure Jesus came through the virgin womb of Mary. He's always working. He's never, he said, I don't sleep. I don't slumber. You know what I'm saying? It's not a shadow of turning with me. He's, he's always alert. He's always employed. And so this is where, when we look at kingdom people, we are in, we are in, in was industrially minded. If I can say that we industrious people, we're always moving. Jesus was always moving. The apostles were always moving. Right. So God, this situation that this man is going through, just like your situation that you're going through, like my situation I'm going through. It is a situation where God wants us to use our faith to put him to work. So it's not the devil and it's not sin, but God wants glory. God is. Listen, listen to this. God is looking for a job. Right. God is looking for a job and our faith puts God to work. Let's move forward. That was really good. That was really good. So what about when bad things happen to good people? I talked about the blind man. He was blind from birth. Was nobody's fault. Nothing but the glory of God uh, being revealed there. But what about Job? You know the story of Job. Job suffered tremendously. <coughs> I don't have to go into detail because you know the story. This man suffered. He suffered things that I don't, I, listen, it would be a nightmare to me, right? He suffered, but God got glory. His faith put God to work. By the time Job got done, he didn't know he had a chapter 42. We know that there's a chapter 42, but Job believed God. The Bible said he didn't charge God foolishly. The Bible said he maintained his integrity and, and, and God got glory out of Job's life. So much glory that God restored, right? The docks of the glory of God, the splendor and, and the awesomeness because Job's faith employed God, put him to work. Job's faith put God to work and God worked. He worked a work in Job, but it was a bad thing that happened. I mean, and the word bad is an understatement. It is, a, is, it is a gross misunderstatement of what this man went through, but because he held on to God, no matter what people of God, and I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, you're, you got a blind situation. You don't see, you don't see your way out. You may be blinded in your finances, a blind situ, a blind spot in your relationships, a blind spot in your ministry, a blind spot in your health, a blind spot in your career or your business or whatever those mountains of culture, right? That Oz Hillman talks about. You may have blind spots where you just don't see like, I don't see my way through this, but I believe you. I don't know how I'm listen. I, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this. I just, I'm, I just don't know how you're going to do this, but I believe by faith. And so I'm not looking through my natural eyes, right? I'm looking through the realm of the spirit. I'm looking through my lenses of the spirit and I see glory. I see God that my faith is going to put you to work. I see a chapter 42 in my life. I see that everything that I've lost is being restored, but can you suffer anything to be lost, to be stolen from you? Can you, can you go through, can God take anything from you and, 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 re and reward it back to you, restore it back to you without, you know, you're throwing a temper tantrum and, and backsliding every day, you know, can, can God allow you to go through some things? You know what I'm saying? And I, and, and I'm, I'm saying this, but don't take it lightly. Some of us are going through some very painful situations. Don't nobody know about it, but you're going through some painful situations and you're blinded. Lord, it, you know, I, it, did I do something wrong? Did I, did I, I, I did, you know, here we go blaming ourselves, talking about the, the disciples asking Jesus. Some of us ask ourselves, well, maybe I didn't pray hard enough. Maybe, okay, let me tell you this. And, and God, give me strength to tell you this testimony. Give me strength, Father. But I remember, um, years ago when, um, the Lord revealed to me that my mother was going to pass. And it, it was, you know, come on now. It, it, it was something, right? But I knew I had to walk circumspectly and I knew I, I needed to hear. I needed to be in a place with God where I could hear that, you know, when that time came that, you know, everything was in place. And I'm not talking about arrangements. I'm talking about her soul. Because, I, you know, I, was, I, I wasn't just a daughter. I was also a pastor. And so at that time when God revealed to me that, you know, he was going to take my mother home, then I, I had to start preparing. I had to start preparing, you know, emotionally, mentally. Then I also had to make sure she was, you know, in a place spiritually. So there was a lot going on. Okay. Now, when the time came and, 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 and God bless it, I was there, right? Here I am. Now, listen to me, right? And I hope this is not triggering anybody. But again, there's no testimony without a testator, no testator without a test. Now, even though God told me I'm taking your mom, right? 
he told me, I mean, he, he told me, um, and she's going to be at home. I, I, I saw it. The Lord revealed it to me. All right. It just like many other things he's revealed. And I'm like, Oh God, I, you know, sometimes as a prophet, some things I'm like, God, I just really wish you wouldn't have shown me that, you know, because now you, you have to carry the burden of that. I wrote a book, the burden of the prophet or the burden of prophetic ministry. You know, I, I don't know what's happening with a lot of prophets right now, but true prophets carry burdens. I mean, you cry, you grieve because, you know, you see things, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, these were weeping prophets. They cried. I don't know where some of this, I don't know what's happening today, but real prophets, especially right now when you got a, a, a listen, an invisible demon of death passing through the land there's nothing to laugh and play about people of god there's nothing is funny there's nothing funny and and so you know real prophets there are times you just weep there are times i just weep and and uh, you know praise god so anyway um when that time came and her departure was at hand here's what i did i'm laying hands on her because that's what i do right jesus you said you could raise the dead i'm laying hands on her as i feel her body cooling I'm still praying. I've got the paramedics on the line, but I'm, I'm, I'm my faith. You know, I'm like, you know, even though I knew God said, I'm taking her, I'm taking her, I'm taking her. I told you I'm taking her and I'm still laying hands. I'm still, you know what I'm saying? I'm still, I'm still calling her back, but it, that was done. It was, it was her, it was her time and it was her finished work. And so, you know, there are things that you would say some people, and I've known some people who, when God doesn't answer a certain prayer, especially a prayer of that magnitude, I'm not talking about, Lord, I pray that the store is open by the time I get there. I'm talking about some real pressing prayer issues. And the answer is no. You know what I'm saying? When the answer is no. And I've seen people abandon their ministry, abandon their faith, abandon their walk. I've seen people adopt heres uh, um, heretical doctrines because they just could not cope with the fact that God said no. Right. And, and so you have to understand that there are things that will happen for the glory of God. And listen to me, even listen, even the glory of God can be a no. The glory of God can be manifested in a no. Many of you have read the story about Stephen. Stephen was a mighty man of God. Stephen was not a sinner. The Bible said this man was full of wisdom. Uh, he had a good reputation with people. Um, he was anointed, chosen as a deacon. He began to manifest the ministry of an evangelist. And, and Stephen did some phenomenal. The brother was a bad preacher of the gospel. He was such, listen, he was such a bad preacher that when he preached, people was ready to kill him. Now, listen, I know we're in an age now where we want to preach and prophesy and teach. And we want everybody to press like, share, sow a seed. But this man message was so powerful that when he taught and preached, folks was ready. He made demons so mad, they were ready to kill him. Okay. And, and so, and they did listen to this, right? Bad things can happen to good people. And also God's glory looks different. Sometimes God's glory may still be no, and it's God. And these are the parts of God's ways that we don't understand. It was God's glory that sat in, and this is going to be hard for some of you to process, but it's the word and I got to give it to you. It was God's glory to look at Stephen as he preached the gospel with so much power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said, whereas Jesus is supposed to be seated on the right hand of the father, as Jesus was watching uh, Stephen, Stephen was preaching such a powerful message of, of the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible said Jesus stood up. I don't know anybody that made Jesus stand up. Jesus stood up and was applauding Stephen at the same time Stephen is being killed. And when I say killed, I mean murdered or and I don't know what other word I can use. This man was stoned to death. Do you know being stoned to death is one of the most painful deaths? And, and, and these were stones, rocks and boulders who were being thrown at him by angry men. So this not this is not the the, um, you know the uh, projectile of a third grader playing softball during recess. We're talking about the wind velocity of grown angry men. And you know how people can, um, you know, exert this type of supernatural strength when they're angry. So think about it. Grown angry men and think about the wind velocity behind the throwing of those stones that would hit Stephen's body, his head, his heart, his chest, his mouth, his face. Now, I know I, I made that as, as graphic as I could because I want you to understand what I'm saying. Jesus watched it. 
he could have stopped it. Because some may say, well, if the Lord say that the man was blind from birth and it's for God's glory, then why didn't God heal him as soon as he was born? Well, that's a good question. But God didn't. And so sometimes, again, God's glory looks different. And you hear people say, Lord, we want the glory. We want the glory. Be careful because God's glory is God's glory. Let's just, let's just, can we just say that? That glory belongs to him and it's going to be manifested whatever, however he wants it to look. And it can be glory, it, it, that glory can be manifested in the death of his saints. So here I am laying hands, come back in the name of Jesus, mom, I call you so back, come back, come back. And it was the glory of God. God said, I already told you, I'm taking her. I'm taking her home. I'm going to give her my beloved. She's, she's tired. I'm taking her home. It wasn't what I wanted, but it was God's glory. Are y'all hearing me? Like my apostle said, are you hearing God? So God's glory looks different. It looks different. And, and so with Stephen, this, uh, this uh, evangelist deacon is preaching and the glory of God is, is uh, my God, the place is pregnant with the glory of God. God could have stopped it. God could have stopped every single Jesus said, I can listen. I can call legions of angels right now and shut this whole thing down. And guess what? Even he went through the, the, the Calvary experience. He didn't stop it. And so I want you to understand that this is why people of God, and I hear some of you, some of you right now, the Holy Spirit is really ministering to you because you have put your mouth on situations and things that you didn't understand. Well, if, if that was God, then why that happened? If that was God, why that? Well, guess what? Your thoughts are not his. Your ways not his. As high as the heavens are from the earth are his thoughts and yours and his way. You don't understand. You don't, you don't, you, you lack understanding. And this is how we end up getting our souls in trouble. All right. Now, so, so again, I'm trying to call my mom back. God was like, no, this is my glory. I'm taking her home. Here you have Stephen and, and he's preaching and they're stoning him. And, and Jesus is standing up clapping like, help me, help me understand that. My natural mind, again, remember how we try to figure out things? My natural mind can't understand why you, Lord Jesus in heaven, you love Stephen so much. You anointed him. You gave him your anointing, your presence, your power. You put his word, your word in his mouth for him to preach. And then you stood there and you watched him be murdered right in front of you with stones. And then you stood up the whole time like you didn't stand up to stop it. You stood up and, and, and you applauded, right? And, and listen, it was the glory of God. He, he, Jesus, glory, Jesus was glorified and Stephen being faithful even unto death. Those are the mysteries you don't understand. And it was the glory of God. It was the glory of God. Ruth, I have here on the screen, suffered great loss, right? She lost her husband. She lost her father-in-law. She lost her brother-in-law and, and, and lost a friend in Oprah, apparently. It moved away from her hometown. She suffered great loss. But guess what? God got glory. He could have stopped Elkanah. He could have stopped the husband. He could, God could have stopped it. For everything that you're going through, God can say, listen, like Jesus at the winds and the way, Jesus said, peace be still and everything shut up. So God can speak to your storm. He can speak to the waves. But there are sometimes that God will just let that thing blow. He'll let, listen, my God, sometimes he will let the winds howl, y'all. Not that he doesn't love you, not that he doesn't care about you, but God is about to show forth his glory. And he is, listen, he wants you to put him to work. He wants to be employed. He wants your faith to activate it, to activate his move in your life. And Ruth's faith, she didn't have to say, oh, I have faith in God, right? She didn't have to say that. She did it. She, her faith was manifested by her works, Oh, didn't Paul talk about that? He says, show me your faith without your works. Like we say, oh, I believe I got faith, but I can't tell. Like I can't, I don't see, I don't see the evidence of faith nowhere. Right? I just see complaining, whining, murmuring, Lord, why me? Why not? Why? I don't see faith. God doesn't see faith. God, listen, faith employs God. Faith put God, puts God to work. Faith releases angels. Your faith has made you whole. It wasn't the woman's prayer. She didn't pray. She didn't even ask Jesus to pray. She reached out by faith. She pressed through and her faith put God to work. Jesus had to turn around and work. He had to turn around and put in some work because of her faith. She activated him. She put him on the time clock. And Jesus had to clock in, turn around, heal her, and then wonder, who in the world, what's going on, right? 
<laughs> he didn't even know. He didn't even get the memo that he was at work. He was working before he knew he was working. Who was touching me? Who was I feel something? Somebody's calling me to work. I'm getting a call. I'm getting called into work, right? So with Ruth, her work, her her faith. Paul said, show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. I don't just believe and say I believe, but I'm going to show you I believe. Okay? The man who had the son, the, the prodigal son, the Bible said this man stood and watched in the same direction. This is going to bless somebody's life right here. He stood and looked in the same direction where his son went. Now, what am I saying? I'm not saying if your son drove off in a car to the right, you stand in the driveway and look to the right. That's not, come on, don't be carnal minded. What I'm saying is you keep your eyes on your son in the realm of the spirit. You keep your eyes on your daughter. You keep your eyes on your daughter in the realm of the spirit. You keep your eyes on your cousin or whoever. You keep your eyes on them. You keep, your, you keep watching cover, cover, coverage. Coverage is what that means. And him watching release faith, faith moved. Faith caused trouble with his son. Faith caused lack with his son. Because I'm telling you, God's glory looks funny. And faith, listen, brought the boy back home the same dusty road he left. Come on, somebody. My God, today. Bad things happen to good people. This man was an upright man, but his son said, hey, I'm ready to go. Fine, go. I ain't going to fight you. Well, the Lord said, if you leave, you're going to die. Mm -mm, I'm not even going to have that conversation with you. You go, and I'm going to watch and guarantee, I, I, by faith, you're going to be right back here. But there's some things out there you've got to learn. Right. So Ruth suffered through great loss, but God got glory. Abraham and Sarah wasn't nothing wrong with them. Abraham didn't do nothing to nobody. Sarah didn't do anything to nobody for her womb to be barren, for his plumbing to not work. You know, God loved him. God called him out from his family. So apparently God cared to some degree about Abraham and Sarah. He loved them, but they had a problem. It, God didn't do it. The devil didn't do it. It just happened. It just happened. Something within them was not working. But guess what? They didn't blame God. The Bible said he stepped out by faith. The Lord said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Abraham was like, okay. <laughs> All right, fine, whatever. Yeah, like, well, I don't really have nothing to lose at this point. So if you say so, let's do it, right? His faith, he was justified by his faith. Now he's known as a father of faith. We're the children of faithful Abraham, right? So Abraham and Sarah were barren. But for many years, people laughed at them. When they heard you're going to have a child, it was like, what? They had faith crises up and down, right? They had Lot. They had, um, oh, girl, you know, Hagar. They had issues, but they still believed God by faith. It was a messy faith. They messed up in Abimelech's house. It messed up. I mean, they messed up many times. It was a messy faith, but he still believed God. And God got glory, right? So God did not cause the suffering for Job. It was an attack from the enemy, right? God did not cause Ruth suffering. It was sickness and infirmity. God did not cause Abraham and Sarah problem. It was impotence or a barrenness or whatever. But he used it for his glory. And so for you to say, man, something must be wrong with them. They can't have no kids. They've been together all these years. Something must be wrong. He must be cheating on her and gave her some kind of disease. You got to be careful. You have to be careful when you put your mouth on things like that. You're touching matters that are weighty, matters that are heavy. You have to be careful about that. Man, something must be wrong with Ruth. Everybody in her house dying. Good God Almighty. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. You know, got to be careful because God's not done with her, right? So here are some of the warnings against misplacing blame and mocking people when they're going through these trials, things you don't understand. Remember the disciples said, it's got to be sin. Right. Like they have already come up with the equation. We've already figured it out. We got this, Jesus. We know that either this man sin or the parents is one of the two because it can't be nothing else. And Jesus said, you're wrong. It's nobody's sin. It's all for the glory of God. John 9, 3. So let's look at some of the warnings against misplacing blame. And if this if listen, if you've done it. Lord, forgive me. This message is not to condemn. This is a class. You're learning, right? And as you learn, you grow, you evolve, you mature, and then you help others. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. So look at what happened. And I'm not giving you scripture context because you can look it up in, on your own time. But when Job's friends rebuked, um, uh, Job's friends harassed Job, right? And, oh, you must be, you must have did something wrong. Y'all know the story. They brought these great, long, eloquent uh, speeches and they provoked this man. He was already suffering, y'all. The worst thing you can do 
is when somebody is already going through and they don't know why. Again, now, if I did something wrong, I okay, I already know. Lisa, you did that because you didn't you didn't open your mouth and you should have shut up. Okay, fine. I'll I'll buff it my own faults. I'll I'll pay I'll pay the price. Or you're under attack, right? And the demons is getting me. I'm going through, I'm fighting somebody, pray for me. But when I'm going through stuff and I know God's getting glory out of it, please don't add Paul said, Apostle Paul said, stop adding to my bonds. In other words, don't when when somebody's already going through an affliction. Right. They're going through a trial. Do not add to that weight because they're only graced for that trial, not for the extra nonsense. They're not graced for, for all these phone calls. Well, I called you. I ain't call you back. I don't have the I don't have the strength to call you back today, sis. Well, I came by the house to see. I, I, I don't have that. I don't have the strength. I just have enough strength. Right. Those wise versions. I don't have oil for y'all. We just got just enough for ourselves. I don't have oil to go to the party. I don't have the strength. You know, I've I got a reserve. The, I, you know, I can't waste the oil. One of my good friends, Apostle Tanya Harris out of Wilmington, uh, North Carolina. You know, don't waste the oil. So when you're on a trial like that, no, I don't really want to talk to a lot of people because I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to maintain my sanity. Number one, I'm trying to keep from going off on people. You know, so leave me alone. Leave me alone. Let me get through this. So, but here Job's friends gave him all these speeches. Oh, you must have did something wrong. Oh, you too much money or, or whatever. And, and what did God do? God said, you know what? Nothing will ever go right for you until you repent. Nothing. God cursed them because they made, and I gave the scripture, but no, I didn't. Here, Ezekiel 13, and God was dealing with this false, the prophetess, the false prophetess. But one of the things that God said, he said, I, he said, I set myself against you because you made my people heart sad. I didn't make their heart sad. You made their heart sad. In other words, he's saying you add into the stuff they're going through. Quit adding drama. <laughs> you know, it's like, my God, when you come around, there's a storm that appears. It, 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 leave people alone when they're going through something. Well, why, I was just trying to figure out why you're going through. You, you ain't. You can't. You don't. You ain't. Leave them alone. All right. So God rebuked Job's friends. And then Job had to turn around. The only way they could have their blessings released is when Job turned around and, and, and blessed them. God said, I will not hear not a word come out of your mouth until Job bless you. Until No, until Job pray for you. Job, God locked them up. All the, You're talking about brassy heavens and a stony earth. Nothing responded. The earth was shut down. The heavens were shut down over Job's friends because they opened their mouth and they made his burden heavier than it already was. This man had lost children. He, his body was going through stuff. He lost his business. His marriage was on the brinks. And here you come with this. <laughs> here you go. God said, I tell you what. So, you know, since you you thought it lightly to just come up here and add this, you, you didn't have common sense. You didn't stop and pray and say, Lord, give me a word for my friend. No, you just came here assuming that, oh, well, this is why you're going through it, right? God said, I got something for you. I'm going to shut the heavens and I'm going to shut the earth. And nothing, 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 when I say nothing, when God say nothing, nothing will move for you until Job pray for you. God said, I will, listen, heaven from this day forward, heaven's ears will be shut down, locked down. Heaven can't hear nothing you say. That Essentially, that's what happened. And Job, those friends had to go back to Job and bring him gifts and make it right. And then Job prayed for them. And that's when God restored Job's friends. So it is very dangerous when people are going through things for, for, the, for the righteousness and for the glory of God. They don't understand it. You sure don't. Leave it alone. God humiliated Panana. Remember she poked fun at, um, at um, Hannah? Oh, you can't have no babies. I'm giving your man all these babies and you know all of this stuff, whatever. And her husband was like, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus, please. And, and Hannah's praying and so forth. And, and, and God gave Hannah a prophet and gave her children beyond that. Shut all up. Now, listen, we don't even hear nothing about Panama's kids. God humiliated her. Why? Because she mocked this woman and she was suffering for righteousness sake. Because God shut her womb until the time of Samuel. And it had to be birthed through travail. Some things, some breakthroughs in people's lives can only be birthed through travail. And so you can't put your hand on why this hadn't happened yet. Why? One, you that you this old, you hadn't done. I had I gotta birth it through travail. So get your mouth off of that. Right? Animals killed Elijah's uh, mockers. The kids they were teasing him. You know, old bald head, go up, old bald head. And so there will be people who will mock you because of uh, some kind of illness you're going through. Mock you because of some something going on in your body health-wise. And they'll put their mouth on you. They will put their mouth on you, not even realizing the, the same thing with Paul. 
Paul sought the Lord three times, the Bible said, for this infirmity. And God said, no, there are infirmities that people have sought the Lord for. They got all the healings, all the oil you can buy. And God is still saying, no, I'm, this is going to be for my glory. Now, again, I don't understand all of this stuff, but I'm, I can, I'm just telling you what it is. There are some things, some things we will take to the grave. God said, no, because of the abundance of revelation, I have to keep you humble. So, no, my grace is made perfect in weakness, and, 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 and that's that. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, my strength is made perfect in weakness, and, and my grace is sufficient for you. So, so, that was the end of that. The Lord said, no, three times. No, no, no. In Elijah's case, you know, back in those days, you know, men had some kind of conditioner they didn't have hair. Only time you shave your hair is if you had like some kind of nasty, I mean, um, no, you couldn't shave your hair, period. So, you know, that was a sign of some kind of disease or something because all these men, they had hair or well-trimmed groomed hair. And so these kids were teasing Elijah, oh, bald head, bald head. And what did the Lord do? God allowed she bears to come out of the woods and killed them. God don't like stuff like that. You know, don't touch people when you don't understand things. Leave them alone. Um, don't touch God's anointed ones, right? Don't touch matters you don't understand. God cannot be mocked. And he will release a harvest for every seed sown, good or bad. When I think it was Abimelech, he went to go touch Sarah. And the Lord told him in a dream, he said, if you touch her, I'll kill you. And I'll close up every woman in this house. That man woke up and hurry up and gave Sarah back to Abraham. And then got on Abraham. He rebuked Abraham. Why are you even tell me this was your wife? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's giving Abraham stuff. He's like, here, take all this gold. Please go. Because God dealt with him, right? Second Chronicles 36, 16. I'm coming to an end. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. And I'm just talking about here when we put our mouths on things you don't understand. So when I talk about the school of human relationships, I'm talking about there are going to be times in our human relationships that people in your family, people in your circle or you are going to go through things that you don't understand. And so, you know, pray for them, be there for them. You may not understand, man, they may not understand what they're going through, but you can preserve that relationship by being a support as opposed to judging, pointing, distancing, acting funny and all of that stuff that we tend to do like the ministers, the apostles did. Who's at fault? Who's wrong? Right. We do that. I'm telling you, we still have that religious mindset. We're looking to find some blame somewhere because somebody got to be wrong for this. And God said, no, this is for the glory of God. So as we close, ooh, praise God. What you don't understand, ask God. Like I told you earlier, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Ask the Lord, Lord, I don't understand why she always seems to be going through certain things, especially in that area. It seems like she just can't get it right. Or, Lord, he in that area, he's still struggling. He done feeling that thing again. Lord, what's going on? You know, go to God and ask the Lord to show you, you know, what, what's, what's wrong? What's happening? And, um, and if, listen, if God doesn't tell you, it ain't your business. <laughs> Simple as that. If you don't get a word, it ain't for you to know. So you pray and help where you can. Just get out the way. That's how you can help. Just get out the way. Don't add to their bonds. If you can't help, don't hurt. Again, if you don't have the understanding to what's going on, then don't be a burden. Right. Let 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 patience have a perfect work. Get on out the way. Bad things can happen to good people. It doesn't mean that the devil is attacking you. It doesn't mean that the witch is, is concocted some potion. Because if you're a child of God, full of the Holy Spirit and walking in obedience, no witch has no power over you. The only way a witch can have power over you is if you yield yourself. Okay, if you got out of grace, got out of line and you somewhere you got no business, then, hey, when the hedge is broken, the serpent will bite. That's the word of God. Other than that, you know, quit running from witches and Jezebels and all of that stuff. Um, quit running from demons. Okay, you got power to tread over skirt, so, um, scorpion, serpent, and nothing by any means shall harm you. So if something is happening, question yourself, Lord, did I open this door? Because ain't no devil. You, you own me. I belong to you. So the devil does, can't just come and do what he wants to do, right? So he doesn't have power over you. Jesus gave you the keys of the kingdom. So if there's a devil attacking you, you need to find out where the open door is. What are you doing to give the enemy a right? Judas was an apostle. 
The only way the devil could enter him, the Bible said, when he left out, when Jesus said, um, whatever you do, do quickly. The Bible said Judas walked out and Satan entered into him. Now, the devil was using him the whole time. Right. But Satan entered into him when he departed, when he left the table. And boy, that's a whole nother message. A lot of folk have left the table. You have you you didn't checked out of the hotel room and left the key. You know what I'm saying? Checked out and Satan entered into him. Now, the enemy was using him all along and he had a choice. Right. He had a choice to either consent to the 30 pieces and the betrayal or not. But when he left the table, Satan entered into him. That's the word of God. So stay connected. Stay at the table. Stay in your chair. Okay. So, um, but bad things can happen to good people. <laughs> okay. Doesn't mean that, that, that you've done something wrong. Unless of course, like I said, you open doors to attack or, um, you're out of grace or, um, you know, things of that nature. Uh, the trials are the testing of our faith and your trial is going to be married to the, to the measure of your faith. God is not going to test you beyond that, which you can bear. So if you're going through it, you can handle it. Now, I didn't say tempted because God cannot be tempted with evil, but the word will be tried and your faith will be tried. Right. And after you come forth, right, we'll see the faith being your faith being purified and your faith growing in the measure, your measure of faith growing in your trial. To whom much is given, much is required. Sometimes when you carry certain anointings or you got certain giftings or certain whatever, you're going to have a little bit more conflict than some of the others. Look at what the children of Israel went through. They had conflict like nobody's business. But look at what they were carrying in that nation. All the kings and all of that stuff. So, yeah, your warfare, if that's where you are, your warfare is going to be a little heavy. You know, if you are, listen, if you are heavyweight, you are heavyweight. You think about this. My son, um, my middle son, um, Joe, Jojo, this dude, he's built, right? And, and so he can lift a whole lot more than me, even though I'm older than him and I'm heavier than him. But he, because he exercises, right? And he's conditioned, he has conditioned his muscles. So he can easily lift up 150, 200. Man, I'm struggling trying to lift <laughs> my little five pound dumbbells. I'm struggling. Now in the natural mind, it doesn't make sense, but I'm, tr he's trained and I'm not. So that's what faith looks like. It doesn't matter how long you, I've been saved for 30 years, but that doesn't mean nothing. If God can still trust you to not backslide between here and the mailbox. It has, who cares how old you are? You know, your tests and your trials will determine how mature you are and the measure of your faith. And so because he conditions his muscles, he works out, he bench presses and all that good stuff. The, the, that boy is strong. I was trying to, I mean, man, he shook me off the other day with, with no problems. <laughs> right. He's strong. Why? Because he exercises his muscle. Faith is the same way. The more you go through, the more you exercise your faith muscle. And that's why you can find some people that go through and you wouldn't know until they tell you. And you look at them like, man, I, my God, I, I didn't know you was going through all that. I didn't know. Wow. Why? Because they've exercised their faith, faith muscle and they don't have to tell you everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're now, they're, they're a testator. Now they can tell you, girl, I've been through that. You'll be fine. God will bring you out. Don't even worry about it. And here you are. Can't breathe. Can't walk. Can't talk. Snotting, screaming. And they're looking at you. Child, get up. God's got it. Because, and it's not that they're, they're, they're demeaning or belittling your experience, but they, they lifted so much weight and they muscle so strong in faith. They're like, girl, God's going to bring you out. Don't even worry about it. I mean, that stuff is like sweat off their back. They don't even worry about it. God's got it. Because they have gone through and gone through and gone through and gone through, they build those faith muscles. So to whom much is given, much is required. Your trials will balance the measure of your faith. So what you're going through, your faith is right there. You got God will never give you something that you don't have the capacity to endure. That ain't God. Okay. He will not set you up for failure. Will he stretch you and make you use them faith muscles? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And then lastly is release the people who misunderstood your trial, who misunderstood you in your trial and bless them so they can be blessed. And I made reference to Job earlier, but there are people, I know that it's happened in my life because I'm, <laughs> I told my church, my warfare is loud. Like, <laughs> I'm like, really God? Like, does everybody got to know what I'm going through? Like, why would this can't be a little secret thing? But uh, that's just, it, that's, it is what it is. It's for the glory of God. 
It's just for the glory of God. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to it. I don't like it. I'm used to it. Right. And so God just kills pride. Like you just don't have no pride. That, that's just gone dead. <laughs> that's just no pride. None. It's just, it's just all God. Right. Um, but I had, I found myself having to pray for people after I had gone through certain trials because God revealed to me, they, 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 they did some stuff. You know, they may never say it. Of course, they ain't going to say it to your face, but God revealed it. And then listen, listen to me carefully. It's not that you had to say, I bind everybody that talked about me in my trial. Now, that's some immature, some recess, third grade stuff. We don't do that. We don't do that. The principal will, will listen. The principal will take care of that issue. The principal itself. Job didn't have to say, God, go get them for what they did to me. The principle of Job going through for righteousness sake activated and it dealt with the, the friends. God himself, Job didn't have to go after them and chase them and say, what y'all say about me? Stop talking about me. Stop. He didn't have to do that. The principle worked, right? So, but there were things that God revealed to me. He said, you know, you got to release this one. You got to release that one because they've been shut down. And I'm like, wow, God, you know, wow. And then I did. I said, well, Lord, you know, they didn't listen. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. I'm done. I'm done, people of God. And um, this has been.